Hello, my name is Marie M. Jam. I am the founder of I Am The Code. Welcome to the I Am The Code podcast. Happy October month. We are so proud to have completed the I Am The Code website. If you haven't seen it yet, please go on IamTheCode.org and let us know what you think. Our creative team, our partners, we've been so busy building a new website, totally focused on e-courses for boys and girls. We also have added the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals for you to learn about them and take action. Thank you so much for your support, your love, and your kindness. Everything you've been doing for I Am The Code, we really appreciate it. I've seen the donations and the mentoring you've been giving to our girls. Thank you so much from all of us. You know, one of the things I believe in life is this. Education can profoundly change the path of the life of boys and girls across the world. So each time you support I Am The Code, you're elevating young women and girls globally. By 2030, I want to see 1 million women and girls learn how to code. It's so important they get digital skills, the dignity, and get jobs. This is really crucial. So thank you again. You know, COVID-19 have had an impact in all sectors of society across the world. A global pandemic which pulls girls and boys out of school. Girls don't have infrastructure, connectivity, and content. This is why we wanted to create a website where anyone, any girl, wherever you are in the world, you can go and learn from our website. And this is having a detrimental impact in their well-being, in their lives. So let's work together. Let's pull together to make a difference in the life of young people. They need our help right now. That's why I invited my guest this week, Lin Kobayashi. She's Japanese, an amazing woman. She's been giving opportunities to boys and girls across the world through scholarship and education. Lin is the school founder and chair of the board of UWC Isaac Japan. She believes that educating a society's lowest class is the most effective way to democratize and change a nation. I really agree with her. She also said a leader does not necessarily need to be a politician or an entrepreneur. Lynn and I both young global leaders from the World Economic Forum, which we're very proud of, and judges at the Global Teachers Prize. I admire her passion, her determination, and her desire to give young boys and girls a future. She told me she wants to plant a seed of hope. And I think today we all should do that. Thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lynn. I will see you on the other side. Good morning from London. Good morning, Marianne, from uh, Karezawa, Nagano, Japan. And thank you for having me today. I'm very excited and honored for this opportunity. The first thing I always remember is that we are both young global leaders from the World Economic Forum. And I remember coming to Japan a couple of years ago, um, really trying to get into the country, trying to launch my program. And you you took your time to connect me with people. You're so busy, but you connected me with people. Really, You were really there for me. And I will never, never forget that. Um, you know, you 
made made sure that I was comfortable. I met the, the people I should meet. And the second um, is when I was launching I Am The Code Sustainable Development Goals uh, just, just last year. Again, you connected me with the local community. You show me love, compassion, respect. You know, you really uh, made sure that I got connected to the right people. And I will never forget this. You know, sometimes what I said to my young girls is um, we are so busy, but when people take their time to connect you with people, make sure you are comfortable. You know, when you come to their country, they, uh, you know, they, they really take care of you. We all should appreciate that. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you. You're so kind. You know, Marianne, what you're doing, your passion, your mission, your program really did do resonate with me. That's the only reason why I did what I did. So the pleasure was really mine. And uh, thank you for choosing to, you know, come all the way to Japan to launch those programs for our girls in, in Japan. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I, you just mentioned earlier you are in a small town in, in, in Japan. Do you mind just telling yes. the girls where you are? Sure. So um, uh, the town uh, that I'm in is called Karuizawa, and uh, it only has about 20,000 people. It's a small town. And um, this town is about 60-minute bullet train ride um, from Tokyo Station to north of Tokyo. And um, Nagano Prefecture actually used to host uh, Winter Olympic Games in 1998. So, you know, our, our prefecture has a lot of mountains and snow, good ski resorts and golf courses. And our town is no exception. It, it is surrounded by beautiful nature, has lots of forests and greenery. So wow. next time you're in town, you have to come and visit <laughs> us. <laughs> um, you know, the, the girls are, um, one of, some of our girls in Kakuma are actually uh-huh. sport girls. They love sport. And some, uh-huh. of them, some of them were supposed to come for Tokyo 2020. Of course, uh, my yeah, yeah. Oh, but they couldn't. They couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, was, fingers crossed for 2021. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they will come. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what was the last event you did before the pandemic? Then, uh, did you stay home or did you travel abroad? Um, well, I well, I always travel abroad and just like yourself. But um, around, I think that my last um, trip abroad was actually in March, and then actually a small one in, in May mm-hmm. uh, during the pandemic. Um, but other than that, I've been yeah staying home. Um, although you know the border, Japanese border is uh, finally opening up. You know our school. Um, our you know, I'm a founder and chair of the board of an international boarding high school in Karuizawa, and we have 200. Uh, high school students and we offer a scholarship to about 70% of our student body and out of those 200 uh, 140 students were actually able to come back for a new school year that just op- uh, just started uh, last week um, so you know we are still you know in, in, during the pandemic but things are slowly going back to normal in, in Japan especially for our students yeah do they come from different countries or just in japan oh no they come from all over the world so 80 so 83 countries literally they actually cross the borders and they fly out of 83 countries so yeah we have a lot of african friends african uh, students uh, latin americans you know um, obviously asians europeans north americans some of them actually have never left their village before there are students from uh, remote himalayas students from like you know, Somalia and like, there a lot of students from uh, Ghana and uh, Nigeria yeah and they've ne- some of them have never left their country before 
it's such an amazing school you know i have one of my one of my uh, friend daughter actually mm. is just going mm. to colombia um i mean the uwc oh. schools are so fantastic i mean oh thank they're, you they're yeah. so amazing schools i mean i always said when i was growing up i i wish i had a chance to <laughs> to attend one of them it's such a beautiful amazing school so so diverse so you. you know really amazing and and i i know you have some kids as well how old are they Yeah, so I have a 10-year-old son and six-year-old daughter. Um, and yeah, they were out of school for, for a while as well. But uh, yeah, they're now, they, they, did, they had to do online learning for two months, um, mm -hmm. but they're now back to school too. So wow. yeah, things are slowly going back to normal for my family too. <laughs> That's amazing. I know you come from a very humble beginning in, in, in uh, you know, and, and you, yeah. you worked very, very hard to be where you mm. are today. But when, when, I, when I see you at the YGL conferences and, uh, you mm. know, you are so dignified and, and always have time for people. Why do you think is this? Do you think it's perseverance, self-discipline? Why are you so patient? You're, you're a very patient person. <laughs> <laughs> is it cultural? Is it something to do with your upbringing? You know, I come from a very, super, very average to maybe middle to lower income family in Japan um, and uh, in a suburb and you know, outskirt of Tokyo. And um, yeah, and then because of my very humble background, I think I've, I've learned um, or maybe my parents grew, grew me um, as a very humble person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and no matter where I am, no matter how much I accomplish, um, I my parents are always reminding me the importance of being humble, always being appreciative of other people, you know, how lucky you are, um, you know, all the friends um, who would help you. You know, I've been just really lucky and I'm, I'm very genuinely um, thankful, grateful and humble by, by those opportunities. Uh, that's amazing. And, and did you grow up basically, did you grow up all in Japan? I know you traveled abroad before. You went to study abroad, right? Yes, but that was only thanks to the scholarship. You know, I come. I went through public schooling system all throughout my life until I was 16 years old. And you know, I said, you know, Japanese education has a lot of you know <laughs> great things, but sometimes it it could be somewhat constraining. Um, um, and I wanted to get out of Japan <laughs> when I was 16, but I, my family didn't have means to send me to a boarding school abroad. So I applied for a full scholarship to a UWC. In Canada. So that's the first time that I ever got out of my country and I ever got a, an education up, outside of Japan. And that was thanks to the full scholarship that I received from UWC. You know, it's really fascinating that uh, we talked about humility earlier. So now you're mm -hmm. paying it forward. You know, you are so respected in, in Japan in the education system, not just running the school, but you're also working policymakers to change the education system Uh, in Japan, the policies, uh, that's fascinating as well. Yeah, and I think paying forward is the right, right uh, you know, word. And, uh, you know, I really owe it to, you know, the UWC education for me was two years uh, when mm -hmm. I was 16, 17, and 18. And I really owe it to those two years who I am today. You know, that those two years really opened my eyes to a wider world and, you know, gave me, Um, sort of an opportunity to understand different perspectives that I was not at all aware of as an ordinary Japanese girl in a Japanese public uh, you know, school system. Um, so I think I, I'd really love to 
offer um, you know similar opportunity to as many students as possible, not only in Japan but also from other countries in the world. What What do you think today of education system in Japan, especially for young girls? You know, I, I came to Japan. I've been to Japan since yes. 2009. You know, mm. I've seen so many young girls. Uh, also, I work with the government and and talking to so many people. How do you think the education system in Japan looks like, especially for Japanese girls? Sure,、um, the Japanese education system. Uh, in general, does、um, you know educate children in, in, you know quite well because as you as we know PISA you always see this PISA test、um, mm-hmm. Japan always ranks one of the top five or top ten in every subject、um, you know throughout the you know the, those past decades. While that is very good, <laughs> I think we you know、uh, we do need to start changing、um, some parts of our education system. Um, I think the first thing that would come, up, especially in terms of uh,、um, uh, education for girls, if you look at the statistics, for example, the students in Tokyo University, the Tokyo University is the top national university in Japan. Even today, only twenty percent are girls. And when I was there, maybe seventeen or fifty percent was female. Now it's slightly over twenty percent, but that's still twenty something percent. Why? Why do you think is that? Yeah. So that comes from I think. Mainly from social pressure, you know.、Mm. I, I don't want to believe that the girls are less ambitious. Well, you we know, right? The girls are not <laughs> born to be less ambitious,、yeah. right? Everyone is. Everyone has a dream. Everyone、mm. is ambitious, and everyone has a right to pursue their dreams. Girls or boys or LGBTs, no matter who, right? However, there is a social pressure、um, in some parts of Japan.、Uh, even today, you should not. Dream too high and not to be too ambitious.、Um, and if you're too ambitious, and if you go to Tokyo University, you may not get married. <laughs> you know, so there's this sort of social—I、uh, wouldn't say pressure—but there, there are there are parents and teachers who would even discourage girls to aim high. Yeah, that that is that is sad. And the same similar thing—I'm sure you experienced this too—but similar things are happening, especially in the field of science and maths and technology.、Mm-hmm. STEM, yeah. Yes, STEM education, STEM field, less, like much,、um, and I don't have the figures off the top of my head, but the, the much、uh, smaller portion of girls go into those tech area, STEM areas、uh, in in higher education. Although, if you look at their test scores when they're younger, they are not different at all.、Oh, <laughs> as, no. as we know, right? As we yeah, know, yeah. girls are as talented, if not more. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this. I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. I, I've seen them in Japan. They, I've seen、yeah. them. They're really smart girls and and、mm. very, very shy. Different, different.、Mm. As you said, society. You know, they're not very upcoming, but they're very, very smart girls. I mean, I met amazing、yeah. young girls in Japan. Really great.、Mm. Wow. Unfortunately, yeah. I think, but the, the good thing is that things are changing. Mm-hmm. I think we, you know, if you can have more role models, so like you, know, you coming over to Japan, or you know, if you can create some role models,、mm-hmm. um, you know, the girls who can excel and thrive in tech areas, or you know, one of my close friend is an entrepreneur in AI business,、uh, business AI entrepreneur startup company in Japan. She's like thirty four,、um, but she's her company is one of the like、um, rising star.、So、yeah, I met her. Yes,、like、her. I've seen、oh, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then there's another YGL. I actually nominated her for YGL.、Um, Shoko Takashi. I don't know if you met her. She's another、um, entrepreneur who just sold her company that is based on、uh, gene testing. So she's another sort of science, science entrepreneur. <laughs> 
Um, so I think that some, there are some young generation, you know, female and younger generation that are becoming role models for, you know, even younger generation that's for the teenagers today. So that, that is encouraging. Yeah, it is. I went to see some companies in Japan. Um, I met so many entrepreneurs, women in tech, mm-hmm. women who are in the creative industry. Um, uh-huh. I, I met them. I was very, very impressed. Also, you have like now you have accelerators. There's one accelerator in the middle of Tokyo. I was there. I was mm-hmm. like, wow. Yahoo was there. Google was there. So many companies like really pushing for girls coding, uh, girls yes. girls in STEM. It's really, I think you connected me with them actually. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I hope things will change in Japan um, very soon. <laughs> yeah. What was the most challenging thing you had to overcome as a, as a young woman, you know, talking about STEM, getting into the education system? Can you recall or remember anything? I get asked this question quite often, but as, um, as an entrepreneur, like I haven't really had any, I can't recall any moments where I thought I was disadvantaged just because I was a female. And um, quite a contrary, actually, because, you know, in Japan, you know, good and bad, you know, likely or unlikely, if you go to large business conferences and, you know, the majority, dominant majority are men. And if you're the only or maybe one or two only women in in the room, in a conference room, you you stand out. And a lot of people will remember you. And, you know, I think it has actually... Um, given me some advantage that I'm, you know, I'm one of the very few female in the room. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would say I, I haven't really experienced any, yeah, moment that I felt like I was disadvantaged just because I'm, I'm female. That's wonderful. I mean, that's a progress. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, if it were 20 years ago, you know, I started this project uh, 12, 12 years ago. If it were 25 years ago, I think things would have been different. But um, over the past decade or decade and a half, I think things are slowly changing in Japan, which is very encouraging. Yeah, people wouldn't discriminate to you just because you're female. But obviously you have to work hard like anyone <laughs> if you want to succeed. Yeah, but sometimes when I post my photo uh, from those conferences or meetings, uh, my foreign friends are like, oh, how come you're the only female? <laughs> how come everyone else is, is in black and blue and, and gray? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that is changing too. That is starting to change too. It's good to have one strong female voice in the room. Um, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, the other thing I was going to ask you is that, you know, Japanese people are, are known mm. for being quiet and reserved. Why do you think mm. is this? I think there are maybe a a couple, few reasons to this. The, the first one um, is that, um, you know, there's a large uh, language barrier for Japanese people. Mm-hmm. You know, even I did not speak a word of English when I was 15, uh, when I was uh, 15, 16 years old until I went to Canada. So uh, uh, I think the English education in Japan is still quite limited. And that prevents many Japanese from speaking up, especially in international uh, conferences, etc. Um, so I think that's number one. Number two, it is cultural. Um, you know, there's even a saying in, ja- in Japanese that um, if you speak less, that's better. Uh-huh. I mean, there, there, there is a sort of a belief that if you speak too much, <laughs> maybe like me, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is not to is perceived to be a, a very good thing in a traditional, um, uh, you know, way of thinking. Um, but that's slightly, slightly changing. Um, uh, and uh, third reason, I think, is um, I think there's a cultural part in, in not only Japanese, but I think many of the East Asians tend to read between the lines. 
So we expect others to between, read between the lines too. <laughs> so instead of talking, you know, every single bit of what we think or mm-hmm. what is in our mind, we try to speak less and have others interpret and read between the lines. Oh, wow. <laughs> because we do. Yeah, we, we try to read between the lines from, for others. So we expect others to do the same for us. So maybe that is a third element in this sort of, you know, Japanese not, you know, not speaking too long or too much in, in public. No, that's um, true. I, I mean, I had, a, yeah. I had so many encounters with, um, uh, with Japanese people, um, you know, the, the ones that are, of course, emancipated and can speak English and have experience in different cultures is very different. But the one, sure. um, but the rest is, you know, they want you to read their mind, but also there are some languages, if you say it, they get really like, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't say that. It's really, it's, it's, it's a cultural thing. It's, it's fascinating. I know also you sit on the, on the Global Teacher Prize and um, you invest on on teachers and, and you know, like I said earlier, you know, just pushing for the education system to be better. Why do you think it's important to invest in teachers? Teachers are everything. I mean, if you want to change education, unless you change teachers, you know, nothing's going to change in classroom and nothing's going to change in education and nothing's going to change students' experience. So I think teachers are the most important assets um, for the education you know, field. And you know, teachers is where, you know, I think um, um, uh, uh, former President Barack Obama used to say that uh, to young people, if you want to change America, you have to become teachers. I think that was very beautifully said. Um, And if you, I think teachers are sort of in a a sense shaping the future of Mm -hmm. that nation. And um, they not only teaching in classroom, I mean, they are teaching in classroom, but yeah. they are shaping the future through talking to their students. Now, I don't really like the word teacher, to, to be honest, you know, because they don't just teach one way. They educate right? also. They are, yeah, yeah they're, they're educators, they're facilitators, they're supporters of the students' lives. And, you know, they, they are there with their students to shape the future of the country. So I think supporting teachers and encouraging teachers to, to think differently, to, to teach uh, in, in, a more, in a more progressive way and think creatively, um, I think that's critically important. And that's why I believe in Global Teacher Prize. Absolutely. You know, uh, the other thing, I, I, when I was doing some research on, on the work oh. you've done in Japan as well, is that mm. you, you attended a public school in Japan, uh, but before mm. going to Canada. The things I hear about your school is so amazing. All these Africans who are coming to Japan, uh, they have an amazing experience in your school. Why do you mm. think giving, uh, making education accessible to these people is important? So we do offer um, a very robust scholarship program at our school. We offer scholarship to about 70% of our student body, um, amounting to about 5 million US dollars a year. Um, And that is because we believe that uh, balancing, realizing equity and excellence at the same time Mm -hmm. is very important. Because excellent, an excellent education tends to be expensive. You have to have a smaller class size. You have to have very uh, qualified teachers. You have to have very good, uh, strong extracurricular activities. You know, we are full boarding schools, so we offer residential experience and meals and everything. So it does become expensive. Mm-hmm. But if you, unless we offer a scholarship, you know, those th- that type of education is only accessible to very, very wealthy, ex- you know, exclusive families. But I don't believe in that world. And I come from a very humble family myself 
who would have who would not have any an access to um, this type of education were it not for the UWC scholarship. So you know, I look back um, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity. You know, I believe that excellent education is very important. At the same time, I believe that you know having excellence and equity at the same time is even more important. I'm thinking about you know 2030. These young people you're helping now, uh, you know, if they don't have an excellent education and have accessible education, you know, the world will not change, Lynn, right? Yeah, education again. Education is pretty much the only way to shape the future. And um, that's why, you know, we are supported by so many um, supporters in Japan who, who, you know, who, um, who support our robust scholarship program, because we all believe that, um, you know, providing um, an access to, uh, you know, quality education for anyone and everyone um, is, is critically important. And that's the only way we can contribute um, in, a, in our very small and humble way to the future. Again, the things I love about you is um, humility. Oh, you always talk about being grateful, humbleness, paying it forward. Uh, mm. you, you reinvented yourself. You know, you could come from Canada and say, you know, I'm going to go and join the private sector in Japan, you know, make myself more money and just live a quiet life. But you came in and you are changing the education system in your country. But at the same time, you know, getting all the young girls and boys and, and participating into the global development. Why do you think it's important to reinvent yourself? You've reinvented yourself so many times. Why is it mm. important to do that, especially now during this COVID-19? Yeah, this may not be a direct answer to your question, but uh, can I tell you my, one of my personal stories? Yes, when sure. When I was sure. a high school student? Absolutely. So the the reason why, you know, I went to Canada and um, on full scholarship. And, you know, I thought I was, I came from a very humble family, right? And then, but uh, one of my friends, she was from Mexico. She invites me to her house in Mexico City for, for the whole, whole summer time, for, for the whole summer break um, between my second and third year in high school. And, you know, her house was a little, was you know, made of little bricks and it, it literally shook every time a truck passes by. And... And I was like, wow. Um, you know, and then she looks at me and says, oh, but what, what, why are you surprised? You know, this is middle class in Mexico City. And she takes me to a slum area in Mexico. Um, and that day, I will never forget, you know, that heat, that smell. And, you know, the kids were running around, you know, without going to school. The adults were there without jobs and, you know, looking at empty air. And I, that day, I said to my, like, I realized maybe for the very first time in my life, how fortunate I was. As you said, I, I think I used to take everything for granted. You know, I had a house, I, you know, very small house, but I had a, we had a house, we live in the house, we, we had a family, I could go to school for free. Um, you know, the best university in Japan is public, so it's also almost, you know, very affordable. So I took everything for granted. And until that moment in Mexico, I didn't know how fortunate I was. You know, I could be born there instead of here. That chances that I'll be born in one of them is much higher than I was born here. So I said to myself, I have to, I'm obliged for every scholarship or luck or, you know, those encounter with nice, great people. Everything is given to me, not just for me, 
but I have to pay this forward. I'm, I'm give, getting all this uh, luck um, because I, I'm obliged to pay, you know, do something for, for a wider audience um, and a greater good for the community. So I think that, that day in Mexico really changed my life. And I was 17 that summer. Mm-hmm. And that moment really stuck in me. You know, people say that um, there are two days in your life that are uh, most important. One day is the day you're born, obviously. And um, the other is the day you found your purpose of your life. For me, that day in Mexico City, for me, it became that day that I found my purpose for my life. So what is, what is leadership for you? Oh, <laughs> what is leadership for me? Um, I want to actually sort of redefine leadership, you know, um, uh, the word leadership, because especially in Japanese context, maybe in English too, you know, leadership or leader is sometimes is, is perceived to be a title or someone very important. <laughs> you know, it's a, but, but, you know, leader is not a title. It's, uh, it's a way of living. It's a practice. You know, anyone and everyone can be a leader by, by practicing leadership is what I believe as an educator. And that's why at our school, we say that we, we would like to um, empower students to become transformational leaders. And because we believe that everyone and anyone has a potential to become a leader in his or her own way. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, a president of something or, you know, a very famous politician. You know, you can change the world or you can transform your surroundings, your community or yourself, your family, anything and everything if you really take an action, even in the face of discomfort. And that is a, a, a skill that anyone and every can, everyone can actually develop. And that's why, uh, you know, I want to sort of, um, redefine the word leadership as, you know, again, leader is not a title. Um, leadership is a practice. And that's what we, uh, what we talk about. Wow. That's, that's amazing that you are teaching that, that those values, because right now, you know, what I, when I talk to young people, they always think leadership is being, going on social media title, but mm-hmm. you are right. Leadership is a way, you know, it's really yeah. a way of, of, of leading. I try to encourage people to become leaders, taking action, yeah. taking responsibility. So it's yeah. really fascinating you are, um, you are doing that. So what does, um, why does gender equality matter uh, to you? I believe in equality for everyone um, and not only for female, but also for, you know, like LGBT or children with disabilities, um, you know, or minority from minority groups. Everyone deserves, you know, equality, um, equal treatment, equal rights um, to pursue their life, pursue their dream. Um, You know, because I think every child is born with equal opportunity. It should be that way, whether regardless of their gender, regardless of your political, you know, cultural, cultural background or economical background, uh, you know, religious beliefs, uh, your ethnicity, regardless of, of your background, I think every child should have a core opportunity. And that's why um, we, again, we, we provide, the, we have this very robust scholarship. Um, and yeah, so I, I just believe in equal, equal opportunity for everyone. 
the other thing I was thinking the other day when I was when I was really reading your story and and the things you've been doing across the world it's so inspirational for global women leaders who dedicated their life to service and I think one of the thing I, I hear from you is the paying it forward you know the, mm. the 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 moment you had the aha moment in Mexico to say mm. I am going to go back to my country and I'm going to serve so why mm. why do you think service is important you 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 are you are doing service now for not just for mm. japanese children but also you know africans and in asians so many mm. many people why do you think this is important to you i again i feel that i'm obliged um to serve you know i i can eat three times a meal if three times a day you know i could i had a house and a family and you know I, i'm i think to a world global standard i was relatively lucky mm-hmm. um so i think for those of us for those of us who are born to be a relatively lucky <laughs> um you know um you know position or one position in in a situation circumstances i think we're just obliged to serve and that just gives me genuine joy um and you know people question because i i actually don't earn any money from uh, from uh, the school that i run Um, and so people ask me, like, why are you working so hard <laughs> for this school while you are not making any money out of this? And yeah, and I could have, I could be doing something completely different and earning more money, but uh, it this just gives me so much joy. And um, and it's such a rewarding thing to be with young people. Mm. You know, I mm. see my 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 students. Um, you know, really transforming, um, even over, over a month, two, three months, you know, not to mention three years. You know, they are different people. And I do receive lots of emails, it's, it's, and even from, um, you know, students who graduated three years ago, four years ago, they still write to us and from time to time saying how much they value their time here with us and how much those three years have supported them in you know in in difficult times or you know made them resilient enough to achieve what they have already achieved um and you know obviously the parents of the, our students write to us every now and then too saying that they their their sons and daughters are completely different people um after a few years with us and there's nothing more rewarding than than that um you know as I mean at least for me so it, for me it's just a, it's a natural choice you know if even if i were given other opportunities you know this is this is nothing more rewarding for me to give back and to 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 be grateful to say you know i'm mm-hmm. not getting too much money from this so i'm not actually getting any money at all but you know i think one of the, one of the thing you you always say you know the fact that you are changing lives you impacting mm-hmm. lives you are mm-hmm. making a difference that joy of a young sudanese or young you know kenyan who comes to japan mm-hmm. you know change you change their life it's just you know there's no thing else we can do about that it's so amazing that you're doing that so thank you so much on behalf of all of the young children in africa that you have had in your school um you know i'm sure that they will thank you more 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 for the years to come i've got a couple of more questions for you before you go sure. you've been involved in the united nations sustainable development goals in japan i i know your mm. work with the government and i know you've been really pushing for climate change issues the right to the right to education um you know what is your view right now on the global goals um and and how are you helping japan advance them right so i think uh 
in terms of uh, in SDGs, um, I think my first involvement is obviously education mm-hmm. and uh, gender equity. Um, I'm not too involved in a climate change, but I think mm-hmm. our, our students are very much behind this idea. I think the younger generation are very serious about the earth, the future of earth that they will have to live in. Uh, and it's a genuine concern and serious about this. Um, so our students are taking a lot of actions around climate change too. So they, I would say those three areas um, are the ones that I'm heavily involved in, um, if that answers your question. Do you guys do activities on SEGs at school as well? Oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, so our students, are, are all the projects at our school are mm. completely student-driven. Uh, all the activities are created and led and governed by the students themselves. Um, so there's a group of students um, uh, who are very keen on uh, energy, sa- energy saving. Um, so they actually came up with a system uh, to gamify um, the, co- the energy consumption of every dormitory. <laughs> so they're having all the dormitories compete <laughs> With the energy, um, you know, consumption amount. Oh, we should bring uh, them to Kakuma. We should bring them to the girls. <laughs> yeah. So, so the the winning uh, the, the the system is still being developed, but the 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 idea behind this is that any dormitory that wins this competition um, wins a prize. Yeah, half of it goes to the dormitory's uh, facilities. So they want to buy an additional shelf or additional cooking board. You know, the other half goes back to school. Uh, for green green projects wow. so that was completely student initiated uh, project um, you know there are other projects uh, like uh, you know uh, I, have, I have a girl from a female student from Liberia so she actually really is keen on improving the education system uh, education access um, uh, uh, in African countries especially in, in Liberia um, and um, yeah so she's working with uh, two other African girls Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's one from Cameroon, I think. Uh, yeah, but I need to look at it. There are three African girls who are, who are uh, working towards, uh, you know, um, uh, equal access to education for African wow. girls. What would, you, what would you say to the youngest Lean Kobayashi now? Uh, so there's a, um, a quote that I really love, um, which goes, uh, pessimism comes from feelings, but optimism comes from will. I love this quote because, you know, there is, as a young people, like, even today, there are so many obstacles and challenges that are in front of you and being pessimistic and being sad and being you know, negative about what's in front of you is very easy, but it's only feeding because the truth is whether you can actually overcome those challenges and open the door for a more optimistic future, whether you can do it or not, it's really completely on you, on your will. And so I call that a sort of intentional goodwill, <laughs> positive will. Um, and I, 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 at the moment, I really, really believe in this. And I would, yeah, give this quote to my young Lynn. <laughs> you know, we talked about, again, humility, being humble, grateful, paying it forward. Why is it important for you to remain who you are as a human being? Because you have, again, we have so much abundance. We have so much connections. We have so much mm. in our hand. Why is mm. it important to be grateful um in abundance for me is an obligation to pay back to the society almost mm-hmm. um if you have abundance of anything you know you are you have been you have been giving that by the society by the community right so no one actually achieved any abundance of anything by herself 
And, and that's why I believe that if you have, if you're lucky, if you're fortunate to, you know, to be able to have, you know, um, wealth or abundance of anything, I think you are, you're just simply obliged to pay back um, because you're not the only one who achieved it. You, you were almost given that um, by the society, by the community, with the, with the people from other, you know, with the help of other people. Um, yeah, it's abundance to me is obligation. Mm-hmm. Like you said, paying it forward. Is it the same as humanity? So what you're doing because you want people to have a better life, just to answer the humanity questions? Is that why you're doing that? To me, you know, I don't want to live my life just to just for myself. You know, I want to live for a purpose. You know, I want to. I don't want to live my life just to be, be you know, be rich or famous or big name or you know it, it, that doesn't mean anything to me. I want to live um, so that I can, you know, make other people's lives better and I can contribute something to this world. And I think every human being is born to this earth with a purpose and it depends you know everyone has a different purpose and it's very only natural but I want that purpose to be and not a selfish one um, and if he if he can all live in that purpose in that sort of um, principle the world will one day become the world that we dream of and that's why I want to live like that myself and hopefully uh, with me living my life this way will help others or not help with will will encourage other um, younger people to live their lives in a similar way you know I'm not saying that you know going to Wall Street is a bad thing because you know my my family and my my husband <laughs> uh, is in finance as well but and working in finance or working in consulting it, it, this is equally noble um, important work but I think as long as they can have a purpose, they can find a purpose uh, with what, you know, with um, in, in their life. You know, many of our board members, for example, they do come from Wall Street, Wall Street or, you know, consulting firms or professional law firms, et cetera, et cetera. But they all have a purpose in their life um, that they, through both through their professional, um, you know, um, work as, uh, and their personal contribution like in the serving in a board they want to uh, pursue their purpose of life and I think yeah if we, if every one of us can live our lives that way um, the world will be a better place uh, what you just said is really is really important um, so what do you what do you think you know when you see those young girls and boys in your school mm. you see they travel far to came to Japan because you know this because you've done that how do you feel inside when you see them? Like today, you're going to see them all coming to campus. But, but this is almost like your purpose now. Your purpose is to mm. build the next generation of young people, give them an yeah. experience. Experience, you know, I love the word experience now because mm. experience, you know, it's not about sometimes knowledge, but it's about experience. The experience mm. you gave them, they will never forget this. How does it make you feel inside when you go home and, or when you sit down and say, wow. I know you don't claim credit for anything, but how does it make mm. you feel? 
education is like planting seeds um, in a sense that, you know, I don't expect all these seeds to, to you know, grow and uh, you know, blossom in one day or even 10 years. And I don't think all the seeds will, will flourish either. Um, you know, if, the, if our students can take, out of like 100 seeds that we plant today, you know, if they can take um, home maybe two, three, four, five seeds that they liked and go home and maybe, who knows, decades from now, two decades from now, they will, you know, one of the seeds will start growing in them very deep, very strongly. And one day that seed will become the trunk of that person and you know, to help him or her find the purpose of their life. It's a lifelong pursuit, lifelong search for purpose, right? That, 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 that we want to encourage our students to, to, um, to get in the habit of doing. And so if we can have a small, if, we can, if, if this school that we founded is playing a very small role in, in doing that, I'll be, I'll be very, very happy. And I think all the obstacles and challenges that we overcame was all worth it. So I hope, um, you know, um, maybe two decades, three decades from now, if our alumni came back and said, you know, this one little seed that you planted on me, now look, this is my trunk. And you know, my, my, that really helped me find my purpose in my life. And this is where, where I am. And, you know, I think that I dream of those days, that day. And, yeah, that's, I'm, that's why I'm here. And I think I still see, you know, I already see some, some little, you know, um, seas sort of starting to grow. And it's such a beautiful feeling. Um, I know people struggle. Not every student is, is, you know, is happy every day, right? Um, and, and. And um, they do meet, they do face challenges. They do have some conflicts, um, and, but they do learn to overcome them as well, hopefully while they're here. And that will help them overcome other challenges that they will face in their lives. And with some seeds and that resilience that they have you know, um, nurtured um, here, I think they will one day find a purpose for their lives and that's that's all I dream for. I am so proud to have you on the podcast. I've learned so much from you and one of the things I've just learned for the last couple of minutes is the power of mentoring, planting the seeds in people's mind and heart um, and I, at I Am The Code we've been trying to use seeds uh, of love, of empathy, of compassion and I'm so I'm looking forward to having my young girls to travel all the way from Kakuma Refugee Camp to, to Japan so they can benefit from the seed you have planted. Thank you so much for coming to our podcast. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and honor to, to join. Thank you. It is so wonderful to have Lynn on the podcast. You know, as I said earlier, she wants to plant seeds of hope in the life of young boys and girls. We need this right now. The world needs this. We need to help young boys and girls across the world, they are the future generation. If we invest in them now, with the return on investment in 10 years, in 20, in 30 years. We have to do this together as society and as a team. You have been listening to the I Am The Code podcast. I'm your host, Mariam Jam. Please come back again soon for another I Am The Code episode. Remember, there's always time for you to reinvent yourself. One of the things I've learned this week is that you can always do 
better. Always do better. So don't hesitate to try your best. See you very soon and thank you so much for being here. Goodbye.